Hi, and God's blessings to you. I am Pastor Sean Blackwelder, and you're listening to the Genesis United Methodist Church podcast. Genesis is a welcoming community of people just like you, who are developing, nurturing, and living out our faith together. Our mission is to become and make disciples of Jesus Christ to transform the world. We endeavor to love God and to demonstrate that love to our neighbors by serving others. We invite you to join us for worship each Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. at 850 High House Road in Cary, North Carolina. And we hope today's podcast is a blessing to you. Today's scripture lesson uh, comes from Proverbs 31, verses 13 through 24. Hear the word of God. She seeks wool and flax, and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchants. She brings her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her, for her household and tasks for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows. For all her household are clothed in crimson. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the city gates, taking his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchant with sashes. This is the word of God and for us people of God. And thanks be to God. So we started a new sermon series called Earn, Save, and Give uh, last Sunday. And we'll continue um, our sermon series through the end of October. And yep, um, as you guessed, we are talking about money. But before anyone gets anxious, uh, let me assure you, we are not going to venture into the prosperity gospel realm. I'm not going to suggest him sell everything and move into uh, a cave. So no worries about that. Then why the focus on money? It's not because the, the finance committee whispered into us and asked us to do, no. Because it is actually the topic of money is profoundly connected with our Christian faith. You may be amazed if you know that the, uh, the Bible has over two, three hundred verses talking about money, wealth, and its management. And what about Jesus Christ? Um, about 15% of his teachings and sermons are about money. And money is the most talked about topic. Then what does it tell? Money is not just a topic that we should only define in Wall Street Journal or somewhere like that, but it is something that we should also talk about in our church. A week ago, I was reading about Charles Finney. You probably heard 
about that name. Uh, a billionaire businessman who recently passed away because of his wealth, you'd think he lived a life of luxury with fancy yachts or diamond stud watches, right? But no. He actually just enjoyed a modest lifestyle. He was just content with his $15 watch and fly economy, even on long flights. Instead of hoarding his wealth, he gave away about $8 billion. I cannot even like, count. <laughs> Leaving only a relatively small amount of his wealth, just around $2 million, for his family and for his retirement. At a special event at Cornell University, where he donated about a million, uh, about billion dollars, the, the, the university officers jokingly gifted him a $13 Casio watch. And do you know his reaction? Really appreciate it because you can always sell these things on eBay. <laughs> he always had a spirit of earning all you can with a purpose. Should we learn about money only through financial news while talking about, while not talking about it at church? No. We can also talk about our principles related to money as we learned from some news like these. Friends, let's remember, as Pastor Sean said last Sunday, it's not money itself that is the issue. Actually, is more of what we choose to do with money and how we love and use our money. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, saw money as an excellent gift from God. He said having money wasn't just permissible, but actually it is blessing. But like everything, it comes with responsibility. So Wesley had three simple rules for money. Earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Today, we're going to um, delve into the first rule. First rule, earn all you can. It sounds simple, but let's dive into its depth and see the heart behind it. First, Wesley urges Earn all you can by using all possible diligence in your calling. Here, let's take a moment to reflect on the word calling. Every one of us has a calling. In our Christian belief, a calling isn't just reserved for pastors like me and Pastor Sean. God's divine plan for us is not monolithic. A farmer tilling uh, his field, a volunteer sewing um, to make a hat for uh, cancer patients, an engineer working on her projects hold just as much, val as, as, as much value in God's uh, eyes as, um, as the work of pastors and priests. All vocations, all jobs, all roles, they all hold a sacred significance because they are all, in essence, a calling given by God. My calling as a pastor does not stand taller than yours. 
It's not greater than the calling of a businessman or a preschool teacher or the wise woman in today's reading. She was a wife and mother, and she was so much more. She used her gifts and wealth not just for her family, but even for her community to obey a broader calling from God. She was a manufacturer, a realtor, farmer, manager, seamstress, and upholsterer, a merchant, a trader, and manager. And she was a kind of volunteer philanthropist. With everything she had and earned, she cared for her family and also for her community. She reached out his arm, her arms to the poor and the needy. When we look at our work not just a means to an end, but as a divine calling, we strive to earn all we can in a new perspective. It's not about accumulating wealth for its own sake, but for a higher and bigger purpose. I know many of you even... Um, you know, many of you like to uh, watch Shark Tanks, you know? Whenever you turn on the TV, you can watch it, you know, somewhere is, is being aired. Why do you like it? It's not just because it's about money and business. It actually resonates with, um, with us because we see those investors and start our, you know, you know, people and workers as more than just profit-driven. We see their passion, we see uh, their purpose, and we see their higher calling. It's all about making a difference, right? I believe that nobody could get some big investment just telling, I want to make money, right? That's why their stories and their journeys captivate us. Friends, your life isn't just about working hard, earning all you can. It's about waking up to the belief every morning that there is a, there is a bigger plan in play in my life, given by God. When we truly understand that our daily grind is about a higher purpose, our job stops being just a job. It turns into a mission, a mission where we pull all together every bit of talent, every ounce of effort to tap into what God truly wants us to do. Okay, and let's move to our second um, rule. You know, the second uh, the nugget from Wesley is this. Wesley urges, earn all you can by using all the understanding that God has given you. You might be wondering what uh, is about, you know, what's that about? Let's take a little stroll back uh, through Proverbs 31 that we read, where we met the wise woman. Picture this. She's out there using her smarts to the fullest, making trays of wool and flax, and getting small profits. Now, she could have just said, that's good enough. I can just feed my family. But hold on. She's not done yet. 
She doesn't stop there. She was on, uh, you know, she is on fire. She takes some of that profit and thinks, how can I make it grow? So fast forward a bit. In verse 16, she buys a field and even plants a vineyard by using some money she had to put aside. And boom, she gets a lot more money. She earned, she gained a lot more profits. Then the best part is this. She is using that extra profit not to just care for her family, but for the poor and the needy in her community. Here's the takeaway. Being smart with money and investing in ourselves, that is a part of our faith journey. The being financially wise doesn't mean that you are losing your faith. Instead, it shows our gratitude to God for the gifts. We are grateful for the talents that God God has given us, and we are using them to the fullest to fulfill the calling that we receive from God. Wesley gets it very seriously. So he says, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, hey, there is always something you should learn. Learn every day. Make today's work better than yesterday's. Here, the message is clear. Stay humble and keep learning about how to grow, nurture your gifts and your wealth. And be open to using your gifts in fresh and exciting, exciting ways. Speaking of gifts, did you hear about our recent nominations meeting? Oh my. The variety of talents our church members bring to the table is biblical and staggering. From finance wizards like Carrie Cole <laughs> and Julie, and teaching champs and engineering geeks, we have some in our trustees. Think about it. Each of you have something unique to offer. How would you develop it? What is your vineyard? Let's channel your gift and energy like our Proverb 31 wise woman. Let's mix them out because when we truly earn all we can, we may find ourselves called to do greater, bolder things than we ever imagined. Friends, <clears throat> by this point in my sermon, some of you might be thinking, Pastor saying, I'm hustling anyway all the week, working hard. Should I also like, uh, you know, hear about all, all you can, even at church this morning? Let me assure you, that's not that we are headed. Here's a crucial lesson from John Wesley. He says, earn all you can, but know its true worth. Do not pay more for it than it is worth. At what cost? That is a question that we should always ask when we are called to earn all we can. First, John Wesley believed that we should earn all we can, but never at the expense 
of health and well-being. In our relationship with our family, he warned against compromising our basic needs like food and sleep and our responsibilities for our family. In a world where the hustle culture tells us more is always better, there is always risk. Working to the point of exhaustion may harm not only your health, but also your relationship with God, with your family, and with your friends. Proverbs 23.4 says, Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich, but be smart to stop. Think about it. Constantly chasing wealth to the point where we skip our day of rest overlooks a divine commitment to uh, take the Sabbath holy. We also likely miss our spiritual health and spiritual opportunities given by God. The Sabbath we are called to keep is not a day off. Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann beautifully captures its essence, saying, taking the Sabbath is an act of resistance because it is a visible insistence that our lives are not defined by the production and consumption of commodity goods. I repent of my sin, the counting the hours I spent figuring out whether I had to buy my new iPhone 15 or not. <laughs> Taking the Sabbath means standing against, against the never-ending demands of consumerism and competition. By observing the Sabbath, we confess our faith in action that our worth isn't tied to what we produce or what we consume, but to the sacred image of God in which we have been formed even before we have done anything. By resting, we confess our faith that even while we might pause and rest, God never does, but God handles the rest. Then our job, after we do our best, we just trust in God, probably seeing He who watches over you will never slumber nor sleep. That was a song that I kept singing when I had to uh, stay all the night when I studied at Duke. <laughs> and second, Wesley also urges you, earn all you can, but not the expense of your neighbor. We are not called to make money against the greatest commandment, commandment love God and love your neighbor as yourself. We are not called to gain profits at the cost of the innocent's blood or the hopes of children, but to love neighbor and serve others. You, 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 you know what I mean. When we look, at, look around nowadays, when you look at the news, the innocent blood of children who had to be killed, that's, what, that's not what God called us to do. 
as you learned together last month, each of us is not an island to ourselves, but is interconnected with one another. Remember, the way we earn our money can directly impact the lives of others, even those who stay at the opposite side of the world. Depending on how we earn and use our money, we can make our money as a tool of evil or as an excellent gift of God. Friends, let's ground ourselves in the truth. Money in itself is a blessing, a gift from God. But it's neither good nor bad because it depends on how we use it. The intention behind how we earn and use it, that's where its true nature is revealed. Earn all you can. Remember, in our hands, money has the power to change lives. Money can help us to continue our life. It can feed, it can clothe, it can heal, it can liberate. But it is on us, on us to choose. Every coin, every note, it carries a choice to uplift or to oppress, to give life or to kill. So as you step out today, ponder this. Where do you gain? How do you gain? And where is your vineyard? Amen. <laughs>